Welcome to the first of our podcast series, Immigration Detention, The Hidden Costs, brought to you by the Unchained Collective, where we will be hearing conversations between those who have spent time indefinitely detained on administrative grounds in British immigration detention centres. The aim is to raise critical awareness through the powerful voice of experience of the destructive impact of immigration detention on many levels, on individuals, families, communities and society at large. Discussions encompass the ongoing harms of being dehumanised and criminalised, the stigma and rejection individuals face upon release into the community, as well as the economic impacts of this system on individuals and society as a whole. However, these conversations importantly also demonstrate the strength and powerful resistance of those targeted by this system. A crucial question is raised. Why is this system that destroys lives, wastes public funds and fosters division in our society allowed to continue? Can we envision alternative ways of being together in our shared vulnerability? Can we build a society where everyone has the right to breathe? Ultimately, these powerful accounts serve as a collective call to action. When future books chronicle the history of systematic incarceration and torture, sometimes resulting in death, of predominantly non-white individuals for crossing borders, what role would you like to have played in that history? This is a question this podcast series compels you to ask yourself. these women and all these people that they have passed through a lot of trauma before even coming to UK so uh, kind of uh, detaining them is kind of really traumatizing them again they would be walking up and down the corridors in the night you hear their boots you know thumping on the floor you couldn't sleep because they would be taking people to deport them in the night. The whole idea of a detention system. But they didn't tell me why I was detained. It's based on past experience of colonialism. I still now don't know why they detained me. The detention made us to be alienated from each other. Nobody wanted anything to do with me because they felt I might have committed a crime. I'm being labeled as a criminal, so I don't have any freedom. The wastage of money involved in running this whole institution. And you just feel losing my identity, having to get adjusted to, you know, being called out through a number. I feel like, I mean, just a number. You are unwanted. You feel like you are really not like a human being. Everybody, men and women, to be behind bars is an economic waste, is a human waste. We need to counterbalance the negative rhetorics that are coming out there that immigrants are nothing but a burden to society. And this hatred to hate other people who are not English. Knowledge, they say, is power. Ignorance is a very big disease. They want to silence us. It takes courage for us to be here. I refuse to let their system break me. I don't want to be a victim. Rather, I want to be a victim.
Welcome to this podcast series, The Hidden Cost of Immigration Detention, brought to you by the Unchained Collective. In this episode, Aminata shares the anger she feels at the injustice of being locked up just for the sake of a piece of paper. She connects the UK's current immigration detention system to its history of colonialism and the desire to silence a particular group of people. She questions why the government pursues such costly detention policies. Aminata shares how important both good legal and strong family support was for her case and her own resilience post release. Hello, Aminata. Are you excited to be here? I am. <laughs> nice to see you again. It's lovely to see you too. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I am originally from Sierra Leone. I did my first degree in accounting and finance. I had a two-year break. Then I did my master's before eventually facing the real world. Of What's the real world you mean? The real world of immigration. What kind of, what happened? Um, well, what I meant by the real world of immigration is after studying, I tried to move from being a student to permanent residency. So because of that, what happened? So because of that, I was detained. Was. In immigration detention center. I was. So what do you say about that? What impact do you think it has on you? How do you, can you describe it? For me, I'll say detention is a bad thing. I think it's wrong to lock people up for something that all they're asking for. It's a piece of paper that would allow them to adhere to the laws of the country. So to look at someone and just lock them up for a piece of paper, I feel it's ridiculous. It makes me angry. Angry not because of my experience. My experience is one thing but angry because of the double standards. The double standards that the UK seem to be setting, very quick to denounce other countries, very quick to point fingers out at other people. But yet it's good for them to do the same thing or similar things that they're speaking against. So for me, that is my anger. So do, do you think uh, uh, that experience in detention center, do you think it has a negative impact on your personal life or your family life? It doesn't have a negative impact on me. Reason being, I refuse to let their system break me. I refuse 
to be silenced by the system, the system of oppression. So do you mean that the system actually has a kind of silencing effect on you? Or they are, uh, it kind of tried to break you, but you didn't allow it? The whole idea of a detention system, it's based on past experience of colonialism, past experience of silencing the weak. And when I mean the weak here, not you as an individual or myself as an individual, but my background, coming from minority background, from an African, being black, we're always seen as the group to be oppressed on, the group to set examples on. So therefore, the regime, the system of detention, for me, is based on wanting to silence a particular group of people. So that is what I meant by being silenced. Okay, because of your maybe your level of perseverance or things like that, it didn't get down to you, but where did you re- observe any vulnerability with other people that were detained? Because I'm sure other people will be detained alongside with you. Oh, yes. I mean, there were people that were more vulnerable than I was. I mean, I had a roommate that attempted suicide, but obviously, thank God she was she's fine now. There were people that were broken and still broken as I speak to you. They, some of them have had their, their status um, updated, but the trauma still lives on. Were you prepared of what to facing you when you are released? After being released, um, you don't really think about it that at that point. All you want to do is to go home. It's when you get home, depending on the support mechanism, this will then determine how you become traumatized by the whole experience. Okay, by your experience. By my own experience, yes, the first few weeks I was angry. I was angry because of the lies that that were made up for being detained. So if I was detained on the basis that, okay, you haven't got your papers, you're illegal, which is one aspect of it. But just based on that aspect, then that's fine. But when you base it on lies in the sense that there was things going on about you've been refusing to report for the past three months, we've sent letters to you, you've not responded and things like that. And you know they're based on lies that are being built up to make a case against you. It annoys you. Okay, now, um, based on the, the fact that you've gone, you've been detained, so after you were released, does it have any impact on your personal life or your family life? It didn't. It, it, it didn't. Like I said, maybe it was based on my support mecha- mechanism, based on the fact that I had friends that were supportive, based on the fact that I was 
lucky enough to have people that were fighting for me. And I think based on the fact that the judge that released me from detention was able to see where I was coming from, was able to to say things that uplifted me. So it was like you go into court and you're winning a case and it's a case where you have a judge that is literally trashing your opponent in front of you and all for the right reasons, not just because he wants to be supportive of you, but they were based on the facts that were in front of him. So where I was angry that the Home Office had based so many lies against me, I was able in this case to present those evidence to show that the Home Office were lying. Wow, that's amazing. You you are so fortunate to have a, a judge like that. And because you have a very good supportive uh, family members, so you don't really feel the pinch that you have been to detention. Mm-hmm. What about your accessibility to employment or education? Do you think it has any impact on uh, on those things? Coming out of detention, I was able to volunteer because for me it created the platform to speak, to share my experience of being in detention and now having my status for me it's moved me slightly from the my direction of career path that I was looking at but it's opening up other career paths for me and other educational paths for me because now I'm slowly looking at things like policies how can I impact policies, being government policies, migration policies, and also it could be the economic impact of detention. How? Oh, what do in you mean? In a sense, the wastage of money involved in this whole institution, in running this whole institution, and why is this institution so important to the government? Surely, if it's creating that much loss for the government financially, they wouldn't pursue it. So why are they pursuing this aspect of immigration? Why is this so much of a big thing for them? Is it because it's a lucrative market? And what do you think that can be done going forward? What do you suggest that can make this immigration process a better one? I think we can do without immigration detention centers. They've done it during COVID. Virtually almost all detention centers were almost empty during COVID. But yet they had a way of tracking down people. They were calling people. They were checking on people. They were sending text messages. They were sending letters to people. So if that could be done during COVID, then means there's a way out, which is a much cheaper way than running detention centers. Well, Aminata, it has been a very lovely day for um, talking with you. It, it is a big pleasure to talk with you. 
But before we round up, what do you do? Do you have any other thing to say? You know, in you know, generally, anything you want to to say concerning this issue? Um, economically, um, it does impact family. We talk about the cost of paying lawyers and your whole immigration cost increases whilst you're in detention because then the lawyers will start explaining about how they can't represent you in court so you need to pay for a barrister and you're being told you need to pay for an external psychologist to assess your mental health. So there are all those costs that are involved. And also the cost to you as well for the, num- the amount of time you just sit in there waiting for the home office to get back to you on your, on your case. And there's a cost involved as well because you're losing money because you could be easily be working. And then there's the aspect of cultural stigmatization. It's natural that in African culture, we want to be seen as strong. We want to be seen as as productive. So when things go wrong, there's almost as if it's a bad omen. There's a sign of either you're not being spiritual or maybe your forefathers have been cursed. So there's just that unimaginable, crazy way of seeing things. So that could push people away from you. Or sometimes people just think you're not smart enough to have secured yourself, your status in any way, shape or form. Which means, again, we come back to things like gendered violence where you have some women running away from their partners not waiting until they get their final papers and then you're being seen as weak as not being strong enough to be patient to wait so almost kind of like accepting that those violence are right to to accept whilst you're waiting for your status so it then becomes an embedded thing within the culture which i think is wrong very good you've done very well you're you're very clear you're very eloquent thank you um thank you for having me i'd like to say Keep up the good work because we need the media. We need people like you to help disseminate the information out there. We need to counterbalance the negative rhetorics that are coming out there that immigrants are nothing but a burden to society. We need to talk more about the positive impact of migration. So what you're talking about is creating awareness. Exactly. So you are ready to go any level to create awareness 
about what immigration is and what detention is, the impact of detention and the rest. So, so that's what we are doing here to create awareness. So you are willing and ready to participate in any venture yes. in future about creating awareness. Yes. Because knowledge, they say, is power. It is indeed. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you.